Welcome everybody to the Detectress on the Detectress. I am here this week with Detector Ross. Ross, how are you doing? Nice to see you. I am good. good. Very well, thanks. Good, good, good. Um, we still yeah. don't have Carl with us this week. Still feeling a little bit under the weather. So again, we wish Carl well. Everybody send Carl some love and some best wishes. I'm sure he'll be back with us soon. And uh, he promises he's going to be listening. He's already watched the episode, so he'll be ready to go when he comes back <laughs> with his opinions. <laughs> yeah, but we are here. We are season two, episode two. Uh, really glad to be in the new season. I've seen what's been developing from episode one, where we met our German friend Peter, who's coming on the scene and is on the hunt to find this German plane that crashed in the area that his grandfather was supposedly on. So this episode is called Suspicious Find, and it was aired on November the 5th, 2015. So... We start off in the field, Andy and Lance are detecting, and uh, Lance is asking about Bob Cromer. Did you hear about Bob Cromer? And I, I immediately, I was like, hang on a minute, that name's familiar. Isn't he already dead? And yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he, I, I thought. Did I, you think the same thing? I was like, hang on a minute, is that yeah. an error? Um, and he's like, no. But then Lance is saying his body was exhumed and someone's gone in and grave robbed. Rumour had it he was buried with all his best finds. So somebody's gone in and gone into his coffin, supposedly, to nick all his best finds off of him. It did make me think, what do people do when they pass on and they've collected a load of junk? Because I've got <laughs> bags of life filled with scrap iron in my, um, <laughs> my cupboard. And someone's going to have to take that. Yeah. Or I dump it before I die. But, you know, you don't know. I can't remember how he died. Bob Cromer. Did he die? He got struck by lightning, right? So he wasn't expecting yeah, to go. Yeah, he was the lightning strike, um, yeah. So he wasn't expecting to go and suddenly he's gone and everyone's got to yeah. sort him out with his stuff. So being buried with your finds is fine. Yeah. If you haven't got a load of stuff like I've got. <laughs> yeah, and then all yours has got to go to the scrappy, I guess. Yeah. Doesn't want to in the coffin with you. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so Andy's like, oh, things people will do for gold. Um, and then Lance says, well, poor Bob, I bet he never thought he'd end up on that end of a detector. <laughs> so, yeah, obviously, <laughs> someone's been going Funny. over his remains and trying to find all his gold. Um, and then, yeah, it pans off and we get the nice music of the introduction, of the, the detectorist song. And it, it was really nice, this bit, because it panned to the deer and a toad and some puppies and mushrooms. Fake wasp. I can't remember what it's called. The hoverfly. <laughs> yes, that's it. Oh, the plant and then a toad still. Yeah, I thought it was lovely. Yeah, really oh, nice scene, which, you know, make, gives me the feels. I'm like, yeah, I can't wait to get out to Texas and go. Even though it's blooming freezing right now, it's just so lovely to be out, especially on a wintry, cold morning, isn't it? And you can mm. see your breath. Blue skies. Yeah. Love it. Um, and then exactly. it pans down, doesn't it? Pans down to the the gold underground that we saw hints of last episode, um, from that scene when it was uh, the monk burying the treasure, and it's ten sixty six. So we know what's happening. Yeah, it's invasion. That's got the Saxon astral thing. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, so it cuts out, and Lance and Andy are on a lovely big ploughed field. And there's a really nice big dead tree as well. And I like those trees that you come across in the centre fields where the big dead ones have obviously been either died of a disease or they've been struck by lightning. And you tend to see like the kites and the buzzards hanging out on top of those trees, like looking out for something yeah. to get. 
I always like a nice big old tree. Yeah, I'm trying to think. There's, I can't remember where it was. Somewhere in the Cotswolds on a on a visit, there was a, a really lovely park and a huge tree in the middle of it, mm. and uh, it's just a lovely focal point. Mm. So, you know, everyone's loads of debris from picnics people have had around mm. it and things like that. But it's just a, a place that people hang out under. Yeah, I don't know about you, mm. but I always go and um, oh, my light came off. I always go when I see a big tree in a field. It's great because I know I'm going to go and sit under it at some point. But also, I go into text around it because you know that people in years past have done exactly what you do and go and sit and have your lunch and coins fall out of pockets. And I found I found Victoria coins and George coins under trees before. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I remember it wasn't probably one of my second or third last digs of the year last year. There was. A couple of huge trees, mm. um, and it's lying from from the farm outwards towards the back of the field, and I made a beeline for that later in the day. Mm. I thought, right, well, I've done fields, now I'm going to just concentrate on the trees because I'm sure there'll be something there. Yeah, and there was a load of junk iron, so. <laughs> a load of boats, which we'll learn what they are later yeah. on in the episode. <laughs> yeah, they do tend to drag all that stuff towards the trees because then they have to go around the trees, don't they? And it all ends up being slung under the tree so they're chatting about what's considered beautiful and times in history and what was considered beautiful at the time and Lance the cheeky monkey says to Andy well you know you might have been considered attractive back in Tudor time <laughs> <laughs> so it's a right barbed con- comment isn't it and he's saying you know all scrawny just chuck a rough on you Elizabeth be loving you yeah. <laughs> Um, but Andy gets him back and he says, well, you know, how long back in time would it have been for you to be considered attractive? And then Lance is like, oh, no, my time is to come next couple of years, I reckon. So Lance, <laughs> like yeah, Lance is predicting he's going to have a glow off. And that kind of links in with what we were hearing last episode and Andy trying to get him on internet dating. Oh, yeah. And then that phone call we see Lance took from some lady called Kate, um, so in my mind at this point, Lance is already getting on the dating scene. Um, so Andy's calling it a day. He needs to go into town, do some shopping, but he's going to pop into the library because he knows Sophie's doing some research for the plane crash with Peter. And that Lance is just very much, yeah, I can't get into it. You know, he, he for him, he wants to keep doing what he's doing. He can't rest until he finds his gold, didn't he? That's what he's... Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Especially since Andy already got his gold. Yeah, he must be, there must be a bit of envy. I mean, he was a bit mm-hmm. annoyed that he found Gray. Very annoyed. He found it while he wasn't there. Um, yeah. And it must hang over him a little bit. Or hang over them, I suppose. Mm. They, they patched their relationship up at the end of the last series. But must mm. still weigh heavy that he's still behind Andy and hasn't got his opportunity yes. yet. Yes. Yeah, he must feel like he needs to catch up. And Andy also must be hoping he catches up, right, to try and bury that yeah. whole situation a bit further, a bit deeper down. Um, so he's saying he can't rest until he, he does his gold dance and then he asks him what he's up to date and he says he's going to screw fix. Um, and then Lance has found a signal and Andy at this point says, what have you got? And this is where Lance says he's got a boat. Yeah. <laughs> and he says, boat, and he goes, B-O-A-T, bit off a tractor. Now, I learned that the first time around when I watched Detectorist, and I wasn't a metal detectorist. That's when I learned about boats. So I presume it was something in metal detecting 
before the series was made and the series didn't just come up with that acronym. Well, I don't know because Andy didn't seem to know it. No, he was very like... He even said, have you made this up? Yeah. made that up? you made that up? And then he said coach as well, which is part of a combine, combine harvester. Exactly, yeah. And then I've never heard anyone else use it, but I did have, because I run a uh, comedy Facebook group, um, just a generic comedy group, and one of my friends commented when I first went metal detecting and he said about it being a boat and I'd forgotten the line from Detectorist and I had to refresh my memory what that was yeah Ah, okay that's interesting Mm. I do use boat myself quite a lot now but I don't ever use um, poach because I wouldn't know if it was a part of a combine rather than a bit of a tractor (laughs) so it's all one one and the same for me but Andy calls him out and he uh, claims that uh, he's lying with swearing we're going to swear he says bullshit so (laughs) yeah he doesn't believe him does he um Next scene, we're in town, and so Sophie meets German guy, and she's she's a bit doe-eyed, isn't it? You can tell she's interested, not interested necessarily in a, in him, but interested in him, him and his story. That's quite funny. You wrote, you said Sophie meets German guy because I, yeah, obviously we know his name's Pete after the first yes. episode, um, and yet on my notes I put German guy brackets Peter um, <laughs> and Sophie walking. So you with German guy on that scene. We did. I was saying to um, Ellie in the previous episode, when he first comes in, I didn't catch his name for ages until right at the end, suddenly someone said Peter. And I was like, oh. And then I looked through the cast and saw his name was actually Peter. So yeah, I think it took quite a while for him to be introduced. And so my brain just assigned him a title, (laughs) which was German guy. (laughs) Who knows? He could be Dutch guy. Don't know. Um, so yeah they're out and they're chit chatting aren't they they're walking on the way to the library and um, German guy says you know he's a bit worried with the club because everyone's so enthusiastic and he's a bit worried he won't find anything so he's trying to like keep the club not so enthusiastic isn't he yeah downplay it a little bit yeah exactly and then when he says he's not worried he's worried about them not finding anything Sophie points out the obvious it's alright we, we're used to not finding anything yeah. <laughs> so she tries to put him at ease um, we cut then in the next scene to Lance's flat and there's been a bit of a 180 in the state of Lance's flat so we saw on the last episode that it was an absolute pit and he was on the floor playing new age girl feeling a bit sorry for himself but after this phone call from Kate that's kicked him into gear. His flat is looking lovely, sparkly and clean. And Lance himself is in his favourite shirt and he's practising, yeah. isn't he? I found it yeah. really cute when he was practising in the mirror. Yeah, well, that's it. I mean, he says, um, he sort of says, I'm in fruit and veg, as if he's a wholesaler <laughs> or something, you know. He sort of aggrandises yeah. his, his importance. I'm in fruit and veg. I'm in that trade. <laughs> Um, I mean, fruit and veg. And then talks about onions. And it's such a. That was a good fact. It's the kind of thing I'd probably bring up if I was dating. Um, Yeah. You know, know, 90% of onions are consumed in the country they're grown in, and not a lot of international onion trade. (laughs) Kind of thing I would find interesting and think someone should know this. So, (laughs) yeah. They ruined my chances with a date. If they don't know it, I'm not interested in them because they should know that fact. (laughs) Indeed. And then he starts talking about his beloved TR7 to himself in the mirror, doesn't he? And he starts Mm. talking about the fact he had it re-sprayed because the original colour was. And then obviously his date is 
told him and then you can tell he's impressed yeah. that they knew that the original color was mimosa yellow yeah yeah <laughs> i'll stay yellow currently <laughs> yeah this is it so lance is really excited about whatever is coming up so that's really cool it's nice to see him smiling and a bit happy actually because it's obviously been through it in yeah, the last exactly. few episodes of the last series yeah. Um, back in town and Sophie and Peter uh, Sophie is listening to Peter and he's talking about life and he wants to go bungee jumping catch a big fish and fall in love and she's like well everybody wants to do those things if only it was that easy oh I've decided I'm going to fall in love so I fall in love and she's pointing out it's not that easy she's taking the mick he's saying are you being sarcastic and mm. then she's like well what are you looking for in someone and he's like mm, maybe sarcasm so he's he's flirting with her at this point isn't he yeah exactly i i like um i had a very good german friend when i worked at bosch which is a german company and uh they make power tools and washing machines that kind of thing and i was quite impressed at their knowledge on they i'm talking i'm generalizing but <laughs> some of the you know, like we know Americans tend not to get British humour. Um, yes. But Germans tend to, I think, get our humour and understand sarcasm and stuff. So it's uh, mm. it was quite good to see that sort of written yeah. in that, that clarification that this is sarcasm, but understanding that it probably was sarcasm anyway. Yeah. What do you think of those two? Because I just find them a little bit... I know um, Sophie was always, you know, there's already, already a little bit of mistrust with Sophie because of the first series. Yeah. I just don't like either of them in this mm. series so much. I think, I mean, people mm. be anyway, and you know, there's always a bit of suspicion about new people. But <laughs> I just find her a bit irritating when yes. she's. I think she's a bit too uh, not co not arrogant, not cocky, but just a bit too self-assured now. Now she's a member of the. Yeah, MDC. I was saying, saying to Ellie in the last episode when they were chatting and the when she was poo-pooing the idea of having the rally on the Edwardian dump area. When she yeah, was yeah. like, oh, that's just rubbish. I want to find, you know, she's all about the gold. She's got gold fe fever. So, yeah, it is almost like she's a bit above her station, isn't she? She hasn't yeah. earned her detecting stripes yet. She, You know, she's throwing all this negativity. I think Ellie said she was a bit of a neg, <laughs> which yeah. is useful, very negative about I the whole thing. I understand that. Yeah. <laughs> um, and that's the thing. I, I, don't, I don't think, I mean, she's obviously been detecting for some time because she was part of the... Um, Anti-researchers uh, anti first, yeah. but she so she'd obviously had you know detecting history prior to pretending that she was a newbie with Andy and, and Lance when she met them. But she's a newbie in terms of joining this club, so I think for her to have a say is a bit above her station. Mm -hmm. I think she, yeah, she may well have her stripes detecting wise, but I just don't think she has in the DMTC. So yeah, 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 yeah. She needs to yeah. just sit back a bit. Shut up. Yeah. And it, um, we were estimating about a year had passed because baby Stanley's around now and he's looks yeah. about three months. Yeah. So she has been detecting, even if she was only in antique researchers for a little bit of time, she has been detecting for a while. Yeah. But yeah, mm. she's just, every time she says something, it's always, she seems very self-motivated. It's always her best yeah. interests, um, which isn't cool, is it? And then him, yeah, not sure about him yet. I don't know what's going on with him, but um, he yeah. starts, and we see this as the episode goes on, he starts making some not very nice comments about people, does he? So, yeah, it's like, exactly. mm, yeah. what's going on there? Um, so the next scene, 
Um, they're obviously trotting onto the library, but the next scene is in Becky's school, and Becky is sat in a staff meeting, looking incredibly bored, isn't she? While the rest of the teachers are talking about something to do with parking, and uh, she gets past a magazine, and it's um, very much in linking to what she was talking about earlier with Gay Martin having gone and done teaching in Colombia, and this is like teaching in Africa. And she's reading through, and you see her eyes change, and she's really interested in what she's reading, completely zoning out from what the meeting's about, <laughs> not interested in that at all. So she, she she carries on reading the magazine, yeah. Yeah. Switch back, and um, we've got Andy walking into the library, and he sort of walks through it and sees Peter, and um, says hello to Peter, who's in front of one of those machines that finds the old articles and newspapers and stuff, isn't he? I've never used one of those machines. I really would like to use one of those machines, but I can't think why. <laughs> yeah, I, I think there's microfish, which are well, they're very tiny, almost negatives that have mm. really condensed tiny information on that you can blow up onto a screen. Um, I've used one of them, again, working at Bosch, funny enough, looking mm -hmm. for old archived archived um, invoices and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, and I think I used them when I was at university as well, actually. Again, looking up newspapers and things like that. So mm. but I think this might be a bit of a step ahead than microfished. Uh, mm. A bit easier to search. You can search a lot oh, more newspaper based, articles yeah. now, can't you? But I don't know what it's like in 2015. Mm. Um, Peter turns around and calls Andy Lance. That's his first mistake, isn't it? He's like, <laughs> oh, hey, Lance. And then Andy corrects him and goes, no, I'm Andy. And, he was th and then this is the start of the barbed comments. And he's like, oh, yeah, Lance is the funny little guy. And Andy yeah. kind of repeats back to him, funny little guy. And he's like, yeah. So he kind of lets that slide and just says, well, you know, how's it going? And he informs in that Sophie's found an article that might be relevant. It's a little small article, isn't it? But she's gone off for coffee. Um, I was going to say, I find it interesting that um, when Sophie wasn't there, Pete and Andy were getting on okay. Mm. It seemed to be, mm. Pete didn't seem to be holding back on any kind of information. It was He was quite open with what he'd established or what he was looking into um, and what he was trying to find. And I think that was quite nice to see actually it just showed that you know he, he almost showed that there's an integrity to his mission to find this plane because he's oh, you know mm -hmm. the result is he wants to find the plane if he has to share that with Andy that's fine and he's, he wasn't like just holding it just for Sophie to discuss with so I, I quite like that bit yeah 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 that was good he was being very open about it um, so Sophie's gone for coffee and then Andy pulls out a mm. list of the supposed airmen on this plane. And he says, it's weird because it says all were accounted for. So that's like, oh, okay, because Peter had the information that they were missing, supposedly killed. Um, and he said, oh, which one was your grandfather? And Peter doesn't say the name, does he? He takes the list and looks Reads down and out, goes, yeah. oh, there you go. It was him. Yes. He reads one out and says, there you go, him, yeah, he was front gunner. So he confirms that his grandfather's on the list. Although he didn't actually say the name of his grandfather. He just say, uh, looks at the list, then says the name mm. of his grandfather. Um, and at that point, Sophie comes back with two coffees because Andy wasn't there before, so she's got the coffees for her and Peter. And she's not <laughs> happy to see Andy. She, she's like, um, <laughs> I thought you weren't coming. 
<laughs> yes, she's like, mm, three's a crowd. So she asked to sit down where Andy is now sitting to get, you know, retake her spot next to Peter. Um, and then sort of basically gets Andy to go on his merry yeah. ways, doesn't he? She's like, well, you go and do yeah, with the exactly. shopping shall then. We, anyway, shall we crack on with... Yeah, and then just the signals with the <laughs> eyes and the lips. <laughs> yeah, he gets his marching orders. He does like a sort of second take, doesn't it? Because he, he obviously oh, yeah. feels a bit put out that he's sort of been moved on by Sophie, but I think he also gets it at the same time what's actually going on there. I think he gets it, yeah. I think he understood that, ah, she, she wants to carry on flowing. And uh, the way at the moment, yeah, and he kind of tweaked and then moved <laughs> doesn't want to be gooseberry, yeah. <laughs> uh, cut back back to the school. Becky's still looking at this brochure and she's really interested in it, but she's sort of like, um, listening half listening out to the conversation. She tunes back into it, doesn't she? And they're still talking about the blooming parking, and someone's asking, Can we park there? <laughs> someone's going, Well. Oh, there's signs. No, there's not signs. Well, then, yes, she can park there. They're, they're just driving her nuts. She's so bored. And then she she makes like a weird squeaky groaning yeah. noise, doesn't she? Because she just can't take no. it anymore. Have you done that? Not groaning in a meeting, but have you ever just decided this is so beneath what I should be discussing or thinking about that you left a meeting? Oh, yeah. All the time. Much more, much more pointed if it's in person. Mm-hmm. On teams, I know like at work, there's people who, who there are people who don't turn up to meetings because they just, they just haven't got any interest in the subject mm-hmm. and they just know they're not going to enjoy it. And, um, and then there's other people who do attend, sometimes like me, and then I'm bemoaning the fact that other people haven't turned up, <laughs> but, but envying at the same time. Yeah. Well, no, I don't think I've ever walked out of a meeting. Um, but so in my job, so sort of media broadcast telecoms i've been physically in a meeting and i've just sort of picked up my phone and walked out of a meeting because something is actually (laughs) interrupting me then other times i've used that as a prop to get out of a meeting (laughs) and i've gone on my merry way but yeah in in this day and age and i already like am bombarded with pinging and messages and teams messages emails coming out my ears and meetings um, my old organisation and my new one actually currently have empowered the workforce so that if you get invited to the meeting and there's one not an agenda on the invite, it's just, hi, come to a meeting, decline it. Two, if there's an agenda and it doesn't seem like anything's relevant to you, just make a query, is any of this relevant to me? Oh, no. It's usually you get the response, oh, I thought you might just be interested, want to listen in. <laughs> and then I'll go, nah. And then three, okay, if I yeah. do turn up to a meeting and then I sort of listen in for a bit and then if it's not relevant, I will just put in the chat or just say, sorry, guys, don't think I can add any value here, so I'll leave you to it. And then I just go because time yeah. is precious, right? <laughs> Absolutely. So if the meeting invite said we're going to be discussing the parking around, around Meadow view road yeah. and whether it stretches into church road um you'd probably decline that one i guess before yeah having to bother i wouldn't even be there, there. <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> but becky poor becky she's been forced into this staff meeting where they're just talking about irrelevant stuff and you know she just wants to read her brochure about africa and presumably yeah. get back to her baby as well and not be forced to listen to this kind of moaning with people um, so yeah, she lets out this like, <laughs> and everyone obviously stops and turns around and looks at her. What's going on? And she, the next thing you see, she's um, 
stormed out and she goes, sorry, I have to go. And she's phoning Lance. You see Lance answering the phone. Yeah. Are you all right? And she is ranting. She's getting it all out down the phone, isn't she? Um, talking about how these idiot people are talking about car parking. Um, and at which point Andy spots something, doesn't he? So he's half listening to Becky. Yes. He's got shopping in his hand, half, half listening to Becky. And he spots something in the cafe. What does he see? A lemon tree. <laughs> yes. Um, so he sees his mate Lance. And Lance is sat opposite of a younger blonde lady, isn't he? So this is... It is. Yeah, very young for him. Yeah. It's a date. This is him on his date with who we know is called Kate. And uh, I, I thought it was really funny because he just runs up to the nearest tree and sort of hides behind the tree, doesn't he? At <laughs> this point, he's not even listening to <laughs> Becky and she's still ranting down the phone. Uh, she inquires if he's still there and he's and uh, he's like, oh, yeah, sorry, sorry. And she starts talking about that she really wants to go through this idea of them all going out to Africa and her teaching in Africa and she needs a change, she needs an escape. And Andy's just like, oh, sorry, I'm distracted. He's just not listening to her, is he? Because he can see Lance on his date. Um, so Becky frustratingly agrees to talk about it back at home and he hangs up the phone and immediately phones Lance. Yeah. Um, that, that cafe actually exists as the lemon tree. Oh, does it? And it's on Church Road, which has got the parking restrictions. Oh, okay. So that's the parking yeah. restrictions road. In, uh, in Farmington. There you go. Yeah. So when we go on a school coach trip, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yes. We'll go and see the location of where the detectors are filmed. We'll go and see. I'm thinking to do something like that. Not a coach trip, but I, um, I, as I said, before, I said before, I did. I set up a this country fan group. Oh yeah. And we had a number of sort of group meetups. There's a good number of thousand people in the group, and there were a few people, twenty to thirty, who were more closely connected and were in it from the start that kind of thing so we arranged camping trips and football matches and all sorts of stuff and one of them was a camping trip in Norfleet where that's filmed mm. and outside the village yeah and so i did a, a walking tour through the village afterwards and took them to all the places it was filmed and really? um going to see where detectors was filmed is one of the things i sort of had planned to do for ages but just never, never oh i'll be there put me on the list i'll find that really fun <laughs> yeah that would be great i've heard that people do it for the is it the cornetto series of films as well you know like the um simon Pegg films so you've got oh yeah sean of the dead hot fuzz, hot fuzz. Yeah. yeah and the different pub locations end of the world i think it's called see, or yeah. whatever but yeah there's there's like tours around those places as well sounds a lot of fun yeah yeah but in a, in a small village it's nice because you can just sort of walk and turn and then there's the next thing and, yeah yeah, yeah. Really quite great london's a bit difficult because you've just got such expanses of streets to pass and traverse but yeah yeah no, it sounds fun. Everyone will be interested in that. <laughs> Get going. <laughs> um, so, yeah, Andy, because he'd already confirmed with Lance that Lance was going to Screwfix, right? But this is really funny the way he tests his mate. So he rings him and he's in this lemon tree and they're playing sort of Mexican-type music in the background, aren't they? <laughs> yeah, mariachi band. Mariachi band. So, yeah, he rings him up. He says, where are you? And he says, I told you, Screwfix. And he says, you know, have they got mariachi band? 
Um, and uh, he said, oh, I was just phoning to check. I'll see you later on at the club. And he's like, oh, while you're there, can you get me some galvanized nails? <laughs> so he's really testing him now. And Lance is just trying to get off the phone going, yeah, all right. Because he's obviously thinking, God, I've got to go and get some galvanized nails now to prove that I'm at Screwfix. <laughs> yeah. Oh, dear. But yeah, it's funny. And Andy has spotted that um, Lance and this girl are holding hands. And he told Becky that on the phone. So. Yeah, he knows that uh, he's been on some kind of secret date at this point and he's like, lied to him as well when he phones him about his location. And then we get to Andy going home and you see him, as soon as he walks in the door of the shop and he puts some bits of clay pipe in his jar, doesn't he? That's it. Like it's, um, you know, like when people stop smoking yeah, and a jar of their cigarette butts that you're supposed to keep and then smell the oh. jar every months or whatever. Oh wow! Lost, powered by the smell, and then you don't do it. So it made it made me think of that. Actually. Yeah, it made me think of when people well come in and sort of empty their spare change into a dish sometimes. But for Andy, his spare change is his bits of clay pipes. It's funny how we had two oh, different yeah, thought patterns on that. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, it looks like he's found a, a good amount of clay pipe. I've not found that much yet, so I need to get cracking on my eyes only finds. <laughs> Um, but he comes in, he's got the shop in, and then he's like, hello, and Becky's in the kitchen with Stanley the baby, and he's like, all right, sweary, because she was obviously swearing a lot down the phone about that dodgy meeting. Um, and she's just explaining, and he's he's kind of not sympathising with the way she's feeling. He's like, oh, well, they can't fire you for walking out of the meeting, can can they? You know, we uh, we can't afford you to lose your job. And he's, he's not really sympathising with her at this point, is he? He's just kind of double checking things are okay with her job which yeah, is exactly. not the point for becky is it no exactly it's mm-hmm. uh i suppose it's a simpler simpler life for her to just get on with her job and stay where she is yeah um, basically. he's kind of reassuring himself i think by asking yeah i like i like the use of the alliteration petty park and problems he mentions uh-huh. the ppk and there's a couple of times i've noticed the alliteration you through mm. Three F's and three others throughout throughout the series. So um, yeah, um, I think some of them are later in the series. So I'll um, I'll try and uh, look out for them and call them out. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, because yeah, at first it's like, are you rapping? Are you trying to rhyme? And she says something else, and he went, <laughs> he's not listening. He's like, no, that didn't rhyme at all. And she's like, well, what do you think? He was like, sorry, I wasn't listening. I was just like seeing if it rhymes. <laughs> so she's literally not being listened to. And then he t- he takes Stanley and sort of sits down with him and he's starting to show him his magazine, isn't he? Which is obviously the the Treasure Searcher, I think, is the magazine they have in this, the combination of the two magazines. And he's talking about the, this is a Roman denarius <laughs> and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> so he's more interested in st- showing Stanley things about history. And Becky in the background kind of looks on and she's just getting no attention. She wants to talk more about the Africa trip. But Andy, once again, is kind of off on a different path, isn't he? He's not seeing what's right in front of him. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, it's, it's hard. I think um, for someone who has a hobby that is, you know, going around his local area and detecting with a friend he's obviously had for years and a, and a club in the evenings that he's, you know, a, a key member of as well, not just a side character, but an actual key contributor to have someone to propose something, I suppose, that breaks you out of that and moves you, could potentially see you change your life completely. Mm. It's got to be very scary and something that 
I understand people kind of shoving to the bottom of the pile and not trying not to give it any attention because they mm. don't want to actually go ahead with it. Yeah. Very scary because if they did that, all he would have then is Becky and Stanley, right? Like you say, it would lose everything, his hobby and yeah, mm. all of it. Yeah, it would be a massive, massive change. And it depends on, I suppose, how you are as a person. If you're an introvert, an extrovert, you know, what floats your boat? And he's just like, yeah, yeah. I think he's just hoping that, that the idea goes away maybe. And he's just trying to plead it. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. She just gets happy or con- always content enough that she can stay where she is and not, not think of, yeah. not pursue the ideas anymore. Yeah. Which adds even more weight to the fact he needs to find a job and sharpish, right? Because that's taking some of the yeah. pressure off Becky. <laughs> um, so we go back now to the club and everyone's sort of huddled around Peter. And they're looking at a newspaper article. And this is a picture where the plane supposedly went into the field. Um, and you can see a tower in the background. So that's kind of giving a clue to the location and people know where that area is but they just don't know quite where it is and what angle they are in relation to the tower um so he's asking you know can you tell where it is and then he pleads to terry and he's saying you know if we dig we need to apply for a license so can you do that in the club's name to help out so he's hoping for a favor and terry's like of course we can because terry just wants to help and is interested in the history and then terry's saying well if we can do that then you know we should have the rally there at the same time and peter's yeah. like <laughs> yeah he's really mentioned that hasn't he? he doesn't like the enthusiasm and it's uh yeah yeah ahead with an idea yeah, he says he just wants to pay, like, dig, pay his respects and then move on. And Terry, Terry just goes, well, we can cordon it off. <laughs> That's his solution, isn't it? We're still going to have the rally. We'll cordon it off. Um, and then the door to the hall opens again. And whenever that happens, I was saying on the last episode, when uh, Peter arrived, whenever the doors open in the club, you know something's going to kick off. And this yeah. is where we meet Mr. Mayor. So he comes yeah. and he goes out again, doesn't he? And then he... Yeah. It's called out by Terry. So um, the mayor is one of our detecting, or he's a mudlarker who's in our. Yes. I keep think I keep thinking of because a lot of people have a detecting Instagram account that's separate to the yeah. main one, mm. I, and and you have to flip between the the channel. You have to flip between the pages. Um, yeah. So I'll go to my private one and post my own private pictures, and then I'll go to the detecting one if I want to look at detecting stuff and post detecting pictures. Yeah. And so, because I have to make that s- switch to go to the other, other bit, it feels like that's a group. And I, I think I've probably said it now uh, in my podcast with you previously that the there's it's almost like a group feeling. Mm. It feels like a Facebook group where you're all a member of that group, and every and yeah. you get to know individuals um, in the group quite well, and you see their posts in your feed and stuff like that. And so, um, the guys. Uh, the account's Towers from the Foreshore. So he's a mudlarker named mm-hmm. Ken Collard, who's um, uh, an actor has been in some TV series and stuff. And um, and so it's him who was in it. And I didn't recognise his face. I mm. recognised his voice because he's he's got a very distinctive voice on his channel. And yeah. so I heard. I was. I think I was just watching the episode, oh, probably a few months ago. And and he opened. He came in, and I thought. I recognise that voice, and I looked mm. at it. And I thought, I'm not sure if it is, but similar hair. But I couldn't. I still couldn't really see his face. And then, 
um, and then I looked up in the in the cast list who it was, and then I read, his, his name's Ken. His name's Ken as well. So I just put two and two together. Yeah, so got, yeah, it's great that they had someone who actually has been into Tetris. Yeah, to the series into the episode. Yeah, no, I didn't know that either, and I'm also following him on Instagram and watching his finds. I I love watching a bit of the Mardlarkin finds because it's so different and unique, isn't yeah. it? And of course, they're not allocating or giving out the permits at the moment either. So it's something I strive to do, but I can't get down there, unfortunately. So one day soon, they'll release some more permits. But yeah, that's a really good hint and tip on who he is. Um, and yeah, I suppose because it's like nine years ago now, 2015, you do mm. change a lot in nine years, don't you? So <laughs> I don't blame you for not recognizing him at first. Um, but yeah, he comes in, Mr. Mayor, and Terry Terry goes, Mr. Mayor, because he kind of goes out again, doesn't he? You can tell he's mustered up some courage to go in and speak to the detectorist's gang. Um, and he comes in and he asks to have a word with Terry and he needs a favour from him, doesn't he, from the metal detectors. And then Terry uh, corrects him again, going, metal detectorist. <laughs> it's the running joke there. <laughs> we just got called metal detectors all the time. Um, and he explains he's lost his ceremonial chain. <laughs> Now, this bit was very funny just to see him squirm. And it's funny the knowing looks between Terry and Russell and Hugh just being completely oblivious to things in the middle. Yeah, so Terry calls, Yeah, completely naive. Yeah. So Terry calls over the jewellery um, finding crew, which is um, Hugh and Russell. The retrieval service, I think they call themselves. And the mayor's like, oh, I don't want to cause a big fuss. I don't want to cause a big fuss. <laughs> <laughs> And Russell says, well, where did you lose it? And the Mr. Mayor has to confess. It's in the long grass by the car park near. And then I got this down as like Barnfather Woods. It's yeah, a I weird said Barnfather. Name. Yeah, I have subtitles. Yeah. I watch anything. Oh, um, good. So I did get it. Because my daughter's half Russian and my ex was Russian. So we yeah. had subtitles all the time. And I just habitually have it on. And um, yeah, yeah, Barnfather, one word. Barnfather Woods. There you go. In the bushes. So um, Terry sort of repeats what he says, and he's like, okay. And then Russell goes, the place where all the cars go after dark? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, God. And the mayor's like, well, I wouldn't know anything about that. <laughs> but as I say, it's in the bushes on the left-hand side of the car park. So Russell's, Russell and Hugh are like, oh, well, you know, if we find it, can we call the papers? And they can come down and take a picture. This is the last thing Mr. Mayor wants because... You kind of work out, don't you? That's a certain location where certain activities obviously go on after dark for people. Exactly, and it's not digging, is it? It's not digging, but rhymes with digging. (laughs) Change the vowel in digging to something else. (laughs) So um, he says no, and he sort of goes, well, I want to keep it anonymous, and there would be a really good donation to the club should you be able to find this and keep it anonymous because, you know. I like to keep my charitable donations anonymous, and that's why I don't want the the photo. Exactly. Covered his backside there. Um, So Mr. Mayor leaves. He said, as soon as you can, please, he leaves. And then Terry and Russell sort of give them each other that knowing look. They know exactly (laughs) what's going on. He's just there with a big smile on his face, isn't he? Going, oh, yeah, we're going to go. We're going to go. So, yeah, they did excited. Um, and then we cut back to the boys. They're back in the field. It's Andy and Lance. And Andy's inquiring what will Lance do for his gold dance. Have you had thoughts about this, Ross? What are you going to do for your gold dance? I don't think, I don't know. I don't think I will dance because I don't think 
I've got spontaneity in me, but I don't think that in the situation that I find something, I think I'd be matter of fact. I, I think I yeah. was on my Roman coin as well. I picked it up and I was, I kind of looked at it and I was like, oh, that's, I think that's Roman huh. to myself. Yeah. And it was more of a realization as opposed to immediately bursting with, wow, you know? Yeah. And I think, uh, was it in the last episode with um, you and Carl, I said that I, that when it comes to gold, I'm not sure how old the gold has to be to be considered worthy of a dance. Like a, a, a chain yeah. from, you know, H&M, uh, not H&M, um, <laughs> F-I-M's or something like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, that's 15, 20 years old, I wouldn't be that bothered about. And a, a, mm. a chain, I don't. I look at a chain. I'm thinking, a gold chain is that? That's just, you know, anyone got lost <laughs> recently. So I don't. I don't see it has the same value as finding a gold coin or mm. gold that, you know, from from long ago. Um, but even then, I don't know if I'd just be like, oh, that's gold. I don't know. Mm. In the moment, maybe what... things would change. But yeah, I wonder what it would take. Whether it would be like a Vicky sovereign backwards, she'd be happy. It'll be interesting. We'll find out because you are going to find it'd gold. Have to be, it'd have to be King Alfred's gold signet ring, uh, specifically his. Yes, of course, um, specifically. Yeah. I, I find that. Um, did you have you found? No, I haven't found gold. No. Oh, and Carl what has. about you? Would you dance? Yes. You would what dance, I would do you? is I'd be like, oh my god, oh my god, I think. And then I'd be looking at it and then I'd probably jump up and do a bit of a football celebration type thing. I think that's what I'd do. Then I'd do a bit of a wiggle probably. don't know. <laughs> apparently, <laughs> apparently you're not meant to uh, practice. It's got to be spontaneous. Otherwise, it's yeah, bad it has. luck, right? Yeah. So forget everything I just said. <laughs> yeah. Who knows what will happen? Although although if if you need, if the, if it's bad luck to do it and bad luck stops you from finding gold, but you've already found the gold, I suppose it, it kind of is in reverse. Like, doesn't matter, yeah. matter no it doesn't really matter <laughs> we're home free um oh, yeah. So, so yeah good questions though um i think for me and i said this last week any gold is gold i'd just be happy yeah you do <laughs> so yeah they're talking about it and lance like i said says it's bad luck don't practice but then they talk about derek Oof. Who dislocated his hip celebrating doing his gold dance and then it turned out it wasn't even gold it was a gold milk bottle top <laughs> what, was, what was the gold milk bottle did because it was it's like red, full cream silver. isn't it full fat gold. yeah full cream yeah, makes sense isn't it mm. creamy gold color here yeah the mega cream one when, it's like half thick with cream at the top yeah i hated it my nan mm. used to get those glass bottles i yeah. love the glass bottles and the old, my dad in fact used to be a milkman um yeah. briefly yeah. um and I love like the clinking and the early morning and the electric mm. of the vehicle and and the fact that there was just cold milk outside the door, but a cream that used to just land on your tea and create an oily mm. surface. Yeah, and in the summer, if it was in a place where the sun hit it and it would just all turn before you even got to the balls, I think. <laughs> <laughs> Gross. I'm not a fan of milk. I, when I do drink milk, it's the red stuff, which everyone goes, oh my God, how can you drink that? But I'm not a fan of milk. But the milkman for me also used to bring the fizzy pop. So I think it was on a Friday or something, my mum would get me a, a bottle, a little litre bottle of their version of Coca-Cola. And I used to just love oh, that. It was my favourite. Yeah, <laughs> really good. So talking about Derek Houffier, dislocated his, his hip. It wasn't even gold. It was just the gold milk bottle top. And then um, you see that Peter arrives with Sophie in the camper van. 
So they've arrived. They're obviously at the location that they thought they saw in the picture before in the newspaper. Um, and yeah, they're... Sophie sort of brings out the picture and tries to line it up with the horizon. They're like, I'm mm, not sure. Um, and Peter suggests that they'll be able to sort of walk around and have a look at stuff. Um, but then Peter sort of sees the detectors, doesn't he? And this is very controversial scene. So he's like, oh, this is the famous detectors. And he grabs the detector off Lance. And you see Andy about to like leap in and intervene, but he doesn't want to be out and call. And Lance is just like, oh, trying to tell him he doesn't know what he's doing and don't swing it around. And straight away, Peter seems to get a signal, which is a 35. And you know that that kind of signal on the CTX is going to be a goldish signal. It's, it comes up with those numbers, right? You can see the panic in Lance and yeah, his yeah. eyes. They're like, oh, my God. And Peter, he's just being excessively rude, isn't he? And he's like, oh, this is my treasure. And he's digging down. And uh, thankfully, he brings out a Coke can, which is what Lance has been saying, isn't he? He's like, oh, it's not going to be yeah, anything. Yeah, mm. It made me, this, this scene actually made me angry. Yeah. I I hate, I, I had at school people taking your school bag and I had I things less to my bag and then would it would be passed underneath the tables. Mm. Oblivious, I was oblivious to it. And it would be passed and people, as it got passed past them, they would take out one thing each of my stuff. Uh, and then at the end a bag, an empty bag would be yeah. chucked into in, in the corner of the room or something. Uh, and and I'd be I'd go and get it and then find that none of my stuff was in it. Mm. And then I didn't know who had it and it and everyone had some or a few people had stuff. And I hate that. And yeah. that you know, taking something of someone else's and then and even though Lance was clearly prote- protesting it, just the arrogance to no, I've got it in my hand and I'm going to just go and do yeah. what I want. You make me angry, that scene. Mm. And he's he's much bigger than Lance, isn't he? So he can just shield. That's it. It's a bit it's bullying. Bullying behaviour. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. Not good at all. Um, but yeah, luckily it's just a can. And then he uh, hands back the detector. And Lance is like, oh, I told you it would be a can. Thank goodness it wasn't gold. Mm. Um, so yeah, they, they go off walking around, Sophie and... Peter looking for features to try and work out, you know, where it is, is there a crater, whatever, looking around the location. Andy and Lance um, say, well, it's their permission anyway, should they have a couple of hours detecting? So you see the sort of two couples split off. Yeah. Um, And then Andy says as they're walking along, I thought you were going to pass out when you grabbed your detector. Um, And then they talk about it, don't they? And they say, you know, Lance is like, you don't touch another man's detector. It's like yeah. it's your woman. <laughs> yeah. Don't take touch yeah. another man's detector and Andy goes, or his woman. And Lance is like, no. And yeah, <laughs> it's it's never been said. There's never anything I thought about before. But yeah, if someone just walked up to me and grabbed my detector off me, well, you know, one, it wouldn't happen. <laughs> They'd be shoulder barged out of the way. It's all right if someone asked you and said, oh, do you mind if I hold your detector yeah, exactly. for the weight of it or something? In a way, I think it's worse that they know he like they're familiar because it it just shows this person is completely disrespectful as well. At least if it's someone unknown, then you know they're just an idiot, just a mm. oh, I won't swear, but you know they're just that. But someone who you know, then there's there's arrogance combined with disrespect as well. Yeah, someone that they're I, trying to help. Yeah, yeah, mm. make me make me angry though. 
made you angry made yeah Yeah. (laughs) i think we'll get feedback from the listeners yeah everybody's not happy with peter at all um so we cut to sophie and peter walking and he peter's still taking the mickey out isn't he He's saying they're freaks you know they're silly guys a very strong word freaks freaks you can be called weird Mm. and i think that you can kind of laugh it off and, and accept almost you could be weird, but freak implies just not natural, not right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that's so such a strong word to use. Yeah. As well. Absolutely. Yeah. Um and Sophie, to her credit, sticks up for them, mm. doesn't she? Which is good. Because she's like, hang on, they're my mates. She does yeah. admit they're a bit strange, <laughs> but they are her mates. Um, and then Peter right. wants something from Sophie, so he softens, doesn't he? And he's like, you know, um, can you talk to Terry about the idea of the rally? And Sophie says, oh, she'll talk to him, but he means well. And then Peter apologizes for insulting her friends because obviously he wants something. I didn't say sorry, actually. He just said, uh, I didn't mean to, but didn't mean to insult your friends, but he never actually said sorry. Ah, see, there you go. written letter of apology to come. <laughs> we want to see it. <laughs> um, Sophie gets the binoculars out. There's a good amount of people with binoculars on the show. I don't carry binoculars don't around any. with me. Yeah, don't have any. It'll be zoom on my camera, which isn't great anyway. But yeah, they tend to need binoculars and use them often in the show. So Sophie yeah. brings her hers out. And she's looking off into the distance at something. And then she goes, oh, God. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And that, t- that tone can only mean one no, thing. Yeah, you don't have enough to say anything or see anyone. You know <laughs> that's what it means. You know what's happening. And then Peter, oh. he says, who are they? <laughs> they look like mm-hmm. Simon and Garfunkel. <laughs> so <laughs> even Peter, who's new to the club and new to the area, is like, who are these fellas? Um, so yeah, Simon and Garfunkel are on the scene, or Phil or Paul, which is their actual names. Um, Andy Lance back detecting, talking about old sweets at this point, aren't they? They're talking about um, opal fruits and things. Didn't quite catch yeah. why they were talking about sweets. I wasn't sure what game they were playing because opal fruits were called that, then became Starburst. So I thought maybe they're playing a game of what sweets or what things were called something different. Mm-hmm. And then we get something new, but Toffos never changed names. Well, um, they used to be called Toffo Sweets, and then we got Toffo something, and then they become Toffos. But mm-hmm. Toffos no longer are sold since two thousand five. Yeah. Oh wow! But Spangles are what you what became tunes. They're square sucking, sweet. right? But um, and Spangles don't exist. But he hmm. says lazy up, Spangles. So I'm not sure why Spangles was a lazy suggestion. But, yeah. And, and Andy accepts that as well. Andy's like, yeah, fair enough. Yeah. So what's the I game? Don't, I don't know. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> Is it in the script? Does it describe the game in the script? Actually, I'm not next Yeah. See if you can find out for us. The only mm. thing I was thinking as you were going through those sweets and describing them, because they weren't all familiar to me, are they all sweets that get stuck in your teeth? <laughs> but I don't think that's the theme of the game. <laughs> no, I mean, you don't really chew um, tunes, even though they would get stuck in your teeth if you did. Yeah, I'm naughty. I do always chew them. <laughs> <laughs> um, so 
Andy says to Lance, he's bringing up the subject of what he saw the other day with Lance with a woman, but he changes it and says, Becky saw you out the other day with yeah, some did, lady. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so he's just investigating, seeing what Lance is going to talk about. And Lance is like, he's still covering. He's like, oh, maybe it was the old lady downstairs. And Andy was like, Mm. How old is she? And he's like 93. And he's like, no, definitely, <laughs> definitely younger. <laughs> um, and at that point, Lance is saved by the bell, but it's actually a text, isn't it, that Andy gets from Sophie. And he's saying, yeah. uh, Sophie says, S and G on their way. And they both S and G alert. S and G alert, yeah. And they both are thinking then, aren't they? Because they're both quiz masters, yeah. but they're like, S and G. And they can't think of it, can they, at first? Um, but then, yeah, they look up and what do they see? They see Simon and Garfunkel approaching in their camouflage sort of fishing coat oh, things that they've got on. Um, and, yeah, Garfunkel, he's like, greetings. <laughs> Lots of water under the bridge. Time has passed. Right. Water under the bridge. Andy, being Andy. Troubled water. Yeah. <laughs> And he's like, what? And Andy's like, troubled water. A bridge is over troubled water. <laughs> <laughs> they still don't get it. They just think Andy's weird at this point. Um, and they share that they'd run into Peter and heard Peter's story. Um, but they're not convinced, aren't they? They're like, hmm, what's the real reason you're here? Because obviously they've got their detectors and things. Um, and he, they obviously suspect that they're there for a different reason. And he says, you don't need detectors to lay a wreath. So he's quite pointy on that, isn't he? And he's like, nah, nah. Mm. <laughs> I don't think so. But the boys, as far as they're concerned, they're just there to help find this site of the, the airplane crash. So, Absolutely. yes. Um, and then Simon and Garfield want, want to thank them. They've done them a favour. They have streamlined their operation and they have formed a new club. And the club is called the Dirt Sharks, which is brilliant. And I've seen a few people with the handle, something along the line of Dirt Sharks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. dirt, the name Dirt in there. Yes. Dirt things like that in dirt there. Dirt fishing, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. yeah. So I was like, ah, and I didn't remember this bit at all. So this is all brand new information for me. Um, and Lance is like, ooh, that's, ooh, that sounds aggressive. And, um, yeah, they're like, oh, what? And Andy sort of clarifies and the working out of where the name came from. So instead of... It's so being... sarcastic. They don't get the sarcasm, do they? No, like, exactly. And they're like, oh, yeah, I can totally see how that works. <laughs> it all goes over their head as usual. They're swimming through water and they're swimming through dirt. Yeah, I Yeah, like trying to find metal instead of fish to eat. Um, <laughs> so yeah they're talking and um, Lance is like you're not looking to share our permission you've got two hopes Bob and no oh, I like yeah. that line <laughs> and they're kind of like oh he's like why do I not understand anything you say to Lance because he does kind of talk in riddles doesn't he when he's taking the mickey out of you yeah, yeah. and then he says because you're as thick as two short, short plonks yeah. to which he says planks and he's like you're welcome <laughs> ever the comedian i'm going to try and use that in real life that one <laughs> yeah it's good it's the second response it's the second uh thank you joke i've heard in this week actually Is the it? other one was a rubbish cheese one a knock knock cheese joke i remember where it was being used but it was rubbish it was rubbish but it was just like knock knock who's there who's there 
cheese, cheese to meet you or something like that. And then thanks is the cheese answer. Cheese to cheese to meet you. Um, yeah, that's not great. It's terrible, so. but it's <laughs> yeah, it still is one of two thank you jokes I've heard. There you go. Things happen in threes. We'll look forward to what's there. Yeah, yeah. yeah I'll look forward to that as well. Can't wait. <laughs> oh dear. Um, so yeah, Simon Garfunkel walk away at this point. And Lance says, "Ah, oh, what a mallet." Um, and he's like, "What do they know?" He's he's suspecting that they've got insider information about something, isn't he? And he's like, "Right." Um, Lance's phone, Sophie, telling to tell Peter to keep shtum. So he wants to lock down this situation because mm. they now suspect there's something more to it because Simon and Garf- Garfunkel suspect there's something more to it. So yeah. they need to do their investigations. Mm. And that's the end of the episode. And Andy says, Sound of Silence, which is um, another Simon and Garfunkel song, I believe. Is it? I think so. Or is it Depeche Mode? I think it, I think it was pointed. I'm just going to yeah. look at <laughs> how they have these encyclopedic knowledge of all these facts are you googling to see where it is I'm just on the Simon and Garfunkel Sound of Silence yeah. oh there you go so it mm. is another Simon and Garfunkel track so yeah end of the episode what do we think Ross what do we think is occurring we don't like Peter we know that yeah don't like Peter Ang- aggressive uh, self-serving Sophie I think is being manipulated because Obviously, he likes. Oh, she. Sorry, she likes him. Clearly, yeah. he knows she likes him, and I think he's playing on that. And I think he's just using the club to get what he wants, and doesn't care about Sophie at all. But Sophie doesn't realise it because she's blinded. Mm-hmm. Um. So, um, and also we've got Lance on his date with someone younger than him, far younger, in her twenties, holding hands. Yeah. Yeah. He's doing well by the looks of things. Um, yeah. And then we've got who Becky. Is she? Yeah, who is she? And then we've got Becky with her clay pipe dream. Yeah. Pipe dream. <laughs> um, and sort of banging her head against the wall, so I suppose, with Andy not not really paying, paying any heed. Yeah, um, Andy with his head in the sand again. Yeah. That's a that, theme, that, right? That's given us a little bit of a, um, a thing at the end of the episode with someone I've got Uncle coming over. and yeah. What do they know? Showing maybe an olive branch thoughts. Mm. So, yeah, next with that. Yeah, absolutely. It'll be interesting. I look forward to episode three. So I have episode three with Emma next week, and then we'll have you back on for episode five of series two. So it'll be good to see how you get on. Yeah, and see what you come back with or where we are in this story and what we know and what we don't know. So I look forward to mm. it. Brilliant. Good stuff, Ross. I don't think we've given ourselves too much to Google at this point, have we? But you're just going to arrange us all a nice little trip out down to see where yeah, these yeah, exactly. were I'm going to look at and find those other alliterations in the series. Yes, there. that'll be good. That'll be good. We enjoy those. Thank you so much, <laughs> Ross. I, I hope you enjoyed it, no dear listener. I hope you're still watching along with us. And we'll be back next week to review Season 2, Episode 3. Thanks very much. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Hey, everybody. Welcome to The Detectorist on The Detectorist. And we've got a lovely extra section here. We've got the wonderful Ross Carpenter, Detector Rost. Rost, you're here with some news about the mayor, the mayor from The Detectorist. Hark, yeah, what, I've got any, uh, what news do you have? <laughs> I come into the town waving a piece of paper. Yeah, um, it's exciting. Well, because he was in the episode um, that you've just heard, where he came in to ask about going to the dogging site, 
Um, yeah. Although, we don't know for sure that it's dogging at this moment, but it's, <laughs> a, it's a big assumption. And uh, and obviously, we've got huge naivety. Um, yeah. I When I watched that episode, I twigged that I recognised him, the voice. I recognised the voice before I recognised the face. Yeah. And... I was, sort of, I was sort of thinking, who, who is, whose voice is that? It's so familiar. I couldn't. It took a moment to place it, and then I realised who it was. And it is someone I actually follow on on Instagram, and who follows me, and who've messaged a couple of times. Um, so he he is Larking the Mud, who is um, a guy who does mud larking on the Thames foreshore, mm. and he's got quite a. A very actorish voice, and everyone who has followed him says has said, you know, I could listen to him for ages. Um, and he's, he does really nice videos of him finding stuff on the on the Thames, and some of it's just rubbish, but it, it's the way he introduces it and this and talks about it, and his stories alongside it are what make it fascinating. Anyway, yes. he played the mayor in in Dissectorists, and I'm quite a um, not a sycophant, um, but I I follow, um, or not follow, I kind of contact celebrities to try and get signed photos. So it's a hobby of mine to write to agents and try and get signed photos of people. And, and that's where I know them first um, and then try and get in touch with them. However, this was a different situation. This was a reverse of that where I actually knew someone and didn't realise mm. they were. <laughs> it's quite a nice one. Anyway, so he did message back. I asked him if he could um, give me anything about the show prior to the podcast. Yeah. Um, and he did give me some information. Um, not a great deal, but um, I sort of just said to him, you know, do you have any a, a moment you could talk about, anything like that, or any... Um, um, any uh, any stories or anything like that he didn't give me a lot but what he did say is that he got back to me he said it was a great show to work on and um, and what was quite interesting he said he managed to get some detecting in during lunch Ooh. and you would come in early at the filming location to do detecting oh. which um, I thought was really nice what a great job yes uh, lovely yeah. you're there being presumably paid to um, <laughs> be a, a star in the show an actor in the show but you can Get your hobby in alongside it. Oh, amazing. That's a dream. Yeah, absolutely. And he said also uh, Mackenzie would detect as well yeah. um, when he could. So it sounds a bit like um, I was I was a, an extra, you know, in, in this country in one episode. And I had a long, long period of time sitting around waiting for cameras to be moved and scenes to be reshot over and over and over and over again. So I can imagine there's quite a lot of waiting around. And so to be able to just use that time to go off and detect um particularly with mackenzie you must have been quite amazing yeah it must be amazing Mm. and um i think it was ellie mentioned on one of the earliest episodes when we started this that mackenzie had actually found gold and his gold is now in the british museum so it must have been on one of those times that you're speaking about that he found his gold on set i mean he did he said he found little himself but you remember mackenzie um found some things of interest so yeah, it could well yeah. be. That was when he found the gold. Must be. Um, yeah. And uh, and there's only that's 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 it, it really. But he did say all the casts were great, and um, Toby uh, Jones was really great with his anecdotes. So uh, that's quite mm-hmm. a, little, a little personal. Yes. But, Very true to his character as well, right? He's always yeah, got absolutely. stories. His character. <laughs> so um, yeah. yeah, so so that was that was all I had. But the. Um, 
I'm not sure how many episodes the mayor was actually in, whether it was one or, well, definitely more than one, because in, in our episode, he obviously asked them if they could go and look for his, his item. Um, he's yeah. a manual chain, but we haven't obviously um, seen the outcome of that. So well, I can't remember exactly. if he was in, if he's going to be coming into the next episode or the episode after that. So yeah, interesting to yeah. catch up on that. Keep after. your eyes peeled, Indeed. dear listeners. And then we can try and work out how many hours detecting he must have got in. That's fantastic. Yeah. Brilliant. Mm. Well done, you. And nice that he replied as well. That's lovely, <laughs> isn't it? When people take the time actually to reply. Exactly. I'll try and get uh, Laura Checkley to send a message because she was... Um, yes. She was Louise, I met, I met right? her one time, but yeah, she was in it, obviously. That's it. Yeah, I think that'd she be great. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> you never know, Ross. No, I'm sure true. you made an impression. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, thank you so much. That was really, really cool. No. And I, in the background, will continue to try and beg one of them to come on the podcast because <laughs> I think that would be amazing too. <laughs> exactly. Brilliant. Right. Well, thank you, Ross. And we'll catch you on your next episode. Absolutely. Yeah, looking forward to it. All right. All right. Thank you. Take it easy. Yeah, bye bye.